Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. For those of you who don't know me, Dr. Linda Marquez Gadine here, and I'm excited to be here with you. I'm going solo today. Well, not really solo. I do have an amazing guest, but first of all, Happy New Year. I totally forgot the last episode we did do was on setting New Year's resolutions, goal setting, and so forth. But today um, we are going to talk about, um, we've been getting this, this requested a lot on uh, plant medicines. We did have someone last time who talked a lot about more about Cambo. This is all going to be about ayahuasca. And I have the perfect person that um, is going to share just what happened, <laughs> what happened in the jungle. So um, anyways, I'm going to bring her on. We're going to chat and we are um, we're going to open it up for questions. And I can't wait for you to meet this gorgeous, amazing woman. So hi, Christy. Hi, Linda. <laughs> How are you, sweetie? We were talking a little bit, you know, um, before we got on here, but how you doing? I'm great. I thank you so much for this opportunity. What an amazing way to start out 2021. I'm so excited. Right? I mean, we've 2020, 2020 was still a good year for us. Maybe not for a lot of people, but, you know, it's kind of been ingrained in us now for such a long time, especially working with plant medicines that you make every situation, whatever it is, you know, you choose mm -hmm. to take the good and choose to do it, you know, take it as a learning process. So, mm -hmm. um, but I'm excited that's 2021. We have you and I want you to just tell me a little bit about, about who you are. And um, it's just so, so I love how God in the universe works, how we even met. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so my name is Christy. Uh, I'm 34. I was introduced to the idea of ayahuasca about the time my son was about three months old. So in 2012, um, uh, my actually first when I first started working with plants, um, genuinely was uh, I had a really hard time conceiving. I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is called a, caused a storm of, of hormone problems within me. And I wasn't able to conceive. And I um, was looking at my symptoms. I didn't even really know what was wrong with me at the time. And then just kind of self-diagnosed, started taking chaseberry tree, Vitex, all palmetto. And six to eight months later, um, my menstrual cycle resumed after being absent for a year and I was able to conceive my son. And during that time, I just felt so connected and just felt like I was getting like this message from spirit of, you know, this next part of my journey in life and just carrying this life inside of me and just really like ready to like up my game, you know, and, um, and just, uh, being able to walk in, step into motherhood in a, in a graceful way. And just, uh, yeah, so that began my journey into just wanting to better myself so I could be the best version of me for my son. And uh, then he was three months old and I was breastfeeding him on the couch and I saw the DMT spirit, spirit molecule documentary on Netflix and the idea of DMT and shamanism. I just started Googling it and I was like, how have I never heard of this before? And I made up my mind at that moment, okay, when he gets older, I'm going to the jungle. And I didn't know how it was going to happen or how I was going to come with the money for it. 
And, you know, it just manifested in a beautiful way. I got an amazing job cocktail waitressing in Vegas, which, you know, that can be a very dense energy environment, but the money was good. And uh, I uh, just decided in the later part of 2016 that I was ready to go and came up with the money and uh, went to Spirit Quest, and which is where I met you, which was so amazing because of all the people in the world that go to this retreat, you live 45 minutes away from me. And it was my first time being out of the country by myself without my father. And so it was a big girl move at 30 years old to travel out of the country, leaving my small child at home with my parents and to make that that trek and that, that spirit quest was. Well, I remember that. And I was going back because my first trip to the jungle was in 2015, as I was talking to my husband, David. And I'm like, when did we go? Because I'm, I'm pulling out all my journals. So like I have tons of journals. And whenever I work with medicine, um, I mean, I'm journaling all the time. I know you're a big journal as well, especially when we work with medicine because um, just what comes out of your mind and just creativity and even what you're thinking, you're like, oh my gosh, did I think that? Really? Am I thinking that? You jot a lot down. But um, yeah, when we, it, we did an introduction, the group introduction of all the people, because that was one of the things that we do it was just like, oh my gosh, she li she like lives close to us. And that was at the time in 2015, we were still in California living full time, my husband and I and um, our kids. 20, after our 2015 ceremony, we made the decision to leave California. That's how profound the medicine is. So that was like a big move for us to leave everything that we knew in Southern California to move to Lake Havasu, Arizona. And it was Christmas day of 2015. And then the following year is when you and I, when we met. So, I mean, it's just, it's just so beautiful how things just transpire. So what was really the, the mess? What was the calling? Because, you know, with ayahuasca, people say, um, I had a calling. Mm -hmm. What was your calling? What mm -hmm. was it like made you like, like you knew that you knew that you knew in your heart that mm -hmm. you had? Yeah, gosh, I almost get teary thinking about it. Um, I just was having, I lived my whole life, you know, with depression and anxiety and anger, not so much depress depression as, as anger. I just was very angry all the time. And um, once I had my son, a lot of that had subsided. And I told myself, if I ever went back to feeling the way that I used to before I had my son, that I would go on medication because I didn't know I could be as happy as I was when I was pregnant, just those hormones, whatever was inside of me. I just didn't know you could be so happy and feel so fulfilled. And I started to lose a little bit of that. Um, as you know, if you was getting older and I was like, okay, something's got to happen because I did not want to go on medication and I just wanted to be the best version of myself. And I was still struggling, um, with having healthy relationships and alcoholism working in Vegas, you know, and being in that night life environment, it just kind of comes with the territory. And, um, yeah. And I was more scared of what my life was going to be like if I didn't, uh, go down this road and sit in with ayahuasca then 
actually going into ceremony because I know, you know, there's a lot of trepidation and fear surrounding what can happen in ceremony, but I was more scared of what was going to happen if I didn't try. So, uh, yeah. I know. And that's the scary part. Like when you go, I mean, we, we worked with an amazing shaman and I know both of us have worked with multiple shamans. I've, I've worked with at least, I'm trying to count now, one, two, three, four, five, probably like seven of them. Um, and we had, I mean, the collectiveness of the shamans that we worked with at Spirit Quest is over, it was, of experience was over a hundred years, you know, mm -hmm. the, the husband, the wife, the son, Don Howard, I mean, just um, Don Robert by himself, 50 some years of, you know, practicing this. So it, it was just amazing, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, but you're right. It was just like, it was scary because we, I'm, I'm such a control freak and a type A personality and very regimented about things. And I want to know, and I want to plan to, for things to unfold. But when we got there, all that was thrown out the window. It's just, you know, um, <laughs> go in there and the work that you do is not always, you go with an intention of what you want to work on, but sometimes, or what you want to manifest. And a lot of people want to manifest things, relationships, um, jobs, money, whatever, you know, happiness. Mm -hmm. And they don't always walk out with that. So they walk out more of with, what the medicine, um, you know, is going to work with them. So how would you describe, you know, what ayahuasca is for those people that don't know what it is? Well, it's an entheogen, right? It's not a psychedelic or it's not a hallucinogen. It's an entheogen, which um, an entheogen is a compound usually of, well, a compound of plant origin that creates non-ordinary or mystical states of consciousness that um, produces a spiritual experience. Uh, so uh, remind me of your question again. Sorry. I no, asking what ayahuasca was because a lot of people, um, you know, they think it's oh, like, like how it's made or... Well, yeah, we can get into that because we got to make it. We got to make it. We did. We um, did. You know, that was really cool. And, you know, but the way with with ayahuasca, it's made from the vine and the shrub because people can get it online. Mm -hmm. But it's like you're not getting the real thing or you need to you have to respect the plant, the medicine, um, because it's it can kick your butt, <laughs> you know? And it, with it, you know, speaking about intention, intention is everything. So when you are purchasing ayahuasca off the dark net from people who have made it for purposes of, you know, generating income for themselves, you don't know their intention, the prayers that are put into the ayahuasca, you know, as they're brewing it. You know, we were there, we got to put our prayers into it um, and blow our mapacho okay. smoke prayers over um, the brew and uh, yeah, so that and if you drink it for, by yourself, you know, not guided by someone with an immense amount of training and experience, um, you're just putting yourself out there and opening yourself up and putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation uh, and anything can come in. And, uh, you know, with the, the curanderos, the shamans, um, they have been taught with the plants and they're training these songs uh, to sing that guide you through your experience. You know, this is why you also don't want to, you want to try to avoid uh, shamans that play recorded music because 
the plants tell the, the curanderos which songs to sing at just the right time to move certain energies and spirits through the room. And just mm-hmm. listening to recorded music or having that experience by yourself, it can be very, it's very dangerous. Yeah. And the thing with ayahuasca too, you actually have to have um, the plant, the actually shrub and the vine. You just can't mm-hmm. have one. So you don't know what you're getting on the internet. We had a, we were working with the combination of both. So because the vine mm-hmm. is what contains a um, monoamine oxidase inhibitor that allows the body to actually absorb the DMT that comes from the leaves. So mm-hmm. without it, you know, you would get no effect from the, the DMT from the ayahuasca. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason why you have to work with a reputable shaman um, and why I think, I mean, that's why we went to the jungle, you know, that's where we went to um, Peru, specifically Spirit Quest. And, um, and, you know, we, we went there because we had the intention of, um, of going to a retreat, retreating Mm -hmm. from our lives as we knew them and, and um, having the intention of coming back a different human being. So do you recall like getting ready? So uh, we spoke a little bit before and I said, Christy, Christy, do you remember when we were preparing for this, um, you know, for the, for the retreat, what we had to do? So do you want to kind of share a little bit like, um, you remember what we did? We had to do a um, kind of the steps that lead us there. One, you get the calling, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like you get a calling and you know you had your calling my husband when he had his calling he calls me on the phone and he tells me and i hung up on him <laughs> cuz i'm <laughs> i'm like i'm not going to go and do i'm you know i'm thinking like the worst case scenario oh my gosh what is this that they're drugs and people are doing orgies and you know here is <laughs> like the worst thing and I, I hung up on him and he was on the road and i didn't talk to him <clears throat> Take his calls for like two days. I'm like, he mm-hmm. flipped his rocker or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, know, I can't tell you how many times people have told me, oh, are you going to the general to have an orgy? I'm like, it is so the opposite. You have to be celibate for as long before, during, and after. It's a very reverent, you know, experience. Mm. Exactly. And yeah, I, yeah. And, you know, part of the preparation is the, the diet, the dieta, you know, no processed sugar, no oils, no red meat you know, eat as plant-based and organic as possible. Um, no social media, no violent movies and no uh, coffee, you know, <laughs> no coffee which is so hard for everyone. No salt, no, no intimacy, yeah. no sex, you know, mm-hmm. like what? <laughs> yeah. And, and the idea and the purpose of that, right. Is, is to empty your cup so that it can be filled back up again. So you just really want to um, resensitize yourself, you know, and, and just be as, still and, um, and peaceful as possible to allow uh, space within your body to work with, with the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to add as far as ordering it um, online or sitting with you know a, a shaman that you're not sure is reputable is they can mix other plants into the brew. Um, most uh, curanderos I work with just do the vine and the chacruna, um, but there's other plants that people can mix in that can cause heavier or darker experiences, which there's a time and a place for those medicines, but not for first timers and definitely not by yourself ever. 
Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about intention because, you know, intention is really, because that's what ayahuasca doing, you know, working with it. It's really about your intention. And, you know, how would you, what kind of guidelines do you think you would give a person to um, create a, a positive intention? Sure, yeah. So uh, what Don Howard taught us was there's three reasons to come to the medicine and sit ceremony uh, for medicinal purposes, to be healed, uh, to uh, reach higher levels of consciousness and, aware and awareness, uh, to expand, you know, and for healing of life traumas, you know, and some, sometimes usually one of those becomes all three. Uh, yeah, so there's just um, a particular place, you know, you've come to in life where you get stuck or something that's blocking you from being the best version of yourself, you know, whether that's um, addiction, you know, um, self-love, uh, you know, traumas from childhood, which so many of us, you know, have had. Um, yeah, just different things that are stopping us from being the best versions of ourselves, you know, or, or to be a better you know, a partner, mother, father, sister, brother, child, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's It's been a very profound um, medicine here. Um, uh, Marina's comments about, you know, she's, we call her the, grand, the grandmother medicine. I've grown and learned so much in my ceremonies with her. Yeah, me too. And, um, and we're definitely going to answer your question, Samantha, but we, um, what led you to that, though? What led you to go? I'm so curious about this as, um, you know, we'll, we'll even tell you where exactly we went. Um, I know they're closed right now. And I believe in April they're opening up their registration again because they did close. And uh, my husband is getting a calling to return this year. So that's his intention. I'm not feeling in my in my mind yet that my spirit is not telling me you need to go quite yet. Um, I don't have that in my goals for this year. Um, I do have some other goals as far as plant medicines, but um, I think once you're there, you know, once you have the calling, you start preparing, right? And like the dieta that you talked about, and you also start working on your intention, what you talked about. One of the things that a lot of people do prior to going to um, working with the medicine is they're reading up and watching all these videos on people's experiences, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think as far as that goes? Because that's their experience, right? Some people mm -hmm. have beautiful um, experiences. Some people have horrific experiences. Mm -hmm. you know? So, what would you what would you tell that person? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would try to get firsthand accounts from from people if you can, and um, maybe try to avoid uh, you know watching too much of the you know the documentaries. I did watch some before I went, and some of them looked really terrifying. You know, which. Um, it does take a lot of courage and bravery to to make that trek anyways, you know, and um, and I see a lot of people show up for their first time. There's all this anxiety and they're like so scared that they're going to lose their mind and, and freak out, you know, um, and I'm not going to say that doesn't ever happen. But in my experience, um, a lot most people that come in for their first time, she brings you in pretty gently. 
you know, it wasn't till my 13th ceremony, I really uh, lost my cool. And thank goodness, I was surrounded by a, a group of highly trained people that were able to take me outside of the room and chant to me and bring me back into my body a little bit, because it was really rough. And you know, those rough experiences um, are, are for a reason, you know, and mine was I was avoiding my past. And, uh, you know, and coming out of that, I almost quit that night. My 13th ceremony, I was like, I am never doing this again. Yeah. And the next day, you know, I, I talked to the curandero and she's like, yeah, you, uh, you're avoiding your path. You know, right when he started chanting and the chants got deep and everyone was getting ready to do some good work in ceremony, I stood up and, and yelled at him to stop. <laughs> And that was me. I'm like, oh, oh, this is too scary. I don't want to go deep inside. I want to avoid my work right now. And there's just was no getting out of it other than going through it. And uh, so I decided to stay for the following night. And I went in shaking. I was so scared because I was like, I do not want to relive that. And, you know, ayahuasca came to me and she like gifted me like my center. It was like a box. It was like a, inside of me. And she said, okay, you're never going to have to go through that again, as long as you stay on your path. And that next night, I had the most beautiful ceremony that I've ever had. It was a women's circle. And it was just so much gift and peace and grace that I was gifted. So it just, it just proves just like everything else in life, just when you think you can't take any more, you just ride it out and get over that hump. And then the, the gifts and the rewards are just on the other side. You just don't give up and how much courage and bravery is rewarded. So yeah, just, um, you know, getting too much in, in your head and, and, you know, other and watching other people's experiences that you're not close with. Um, I wouldn't get too much in that just talk to, you know, find people like yourself or me or, you know, and too, when you have the calling people just come into your field. And you're like, okay, I can ask them, you know, it's just how it works. And and get some advice and guidance that way. And you know, when you're preparing, just journal, journal what you're feeling, what you're going through, why you're going, what your fears are, and what your intentions are. I mean, it could be pages long, and then you can kind of start uh, getting it down to just little phrases like, okay, my intention is self love, you know, healing of my, my traumas. Um, uh, yeah, just simple short phrases that really can encompass so much. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of, you will get the calling will come up in a way that will totally blow your mind. It's not even expected. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so easily like nowadays, like on social media, as soon as you Google something, you're going to get like, oh, all these Facebook ads in regards to something, right? So mm -hmm. you do that with ayahuasca. It's not going to show up that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to show up in such a different way. And you ask God, the universe, show me in a way that I that it's my time to go work with this, and it'll show up in such a way. One of my friends, um, she had her second calling. She was in a store with someone with her partner, and there was a conversation going on and she wasn't even in her city, not even in her state. And there's someone that was talking about, she heard the word ayahuasca. <laughs> we're like what? And she hadn't even been talking about it or anything, but that had shown up, you know, and it was like a calling. And then sometimes we think that we're supposed to go 
but we're not supposed to go. I remember, I want to say, gosh, I don't recall if it was the first one or the second time, the second trip to Peru. But I remember going back to work with the medicine again with a different shaman, but I wasn't supposed to be there. And I'm there and the medicine, like I'm taking it and then we can share with people, you know, what happens during this with visions and purges and so forth. But to me, the medicine showed me, um, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you here? And like, mm. uh, I, cause I wanted to be a better version of me. It's like, it was kind of like, didn't I give you enough work to work on while mm -hmm. you were working with Don Howard or Sean? Mm -hmm. And it was like a slap in the face and bam, as soon as I heard that all the effects of what people get when they go and partake of the medicine just disappeared. And for mm -hmm. those, like when you partake of this, it can last like up to five hours because people are seeing visions and they're purging and, and so forth because, and, and you can explain Christy, like what the ceremony is. I mean, we, we all go into this um, um, Maloka, which is like mm -hmm. a circular space, um, a circle shaped. And it's like, it's like a cool hut basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we do it at nighttime, usually at seven or eight, we're supposed to go into the Maloka, right? We haven't eaten for like probably four hours and we are wearing all white, kind of mm -hmm. respectful of purity and cleansing, right? Mm -hmm. And all of us walk in there, we don't talk to anyone and the shamans have their little altar or table set up with the medicine. So if you want to kind of share what goes on, you know, how all, how the ceremony goes, that would be awesome. I'd like to hear how you would describe it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we all come in and sit in a circle. That's um, the best setup so that our heart feels are energetically connected in a circle. Um, it's best to sit up. I Sometimes it can make you feel really sick and you want to lay down. Uh, but really, if you sit up, it allows the medicine to really work through you a little bit better. And the chance can just hit you um, vibrationally and just work on, on you better. And by all means, if you feel like you need to lay down, lay down. But uh, yeah, so we all sit down in the beginning of ceremony. Uh, you know, they go over um, just kind of the general rules that, you know, and the Shipibo tradition. You're quiet. You sit to yourself. You don't touch anybody. Uh, you don't speak to anybody because somebody could be really going through a deep part of their process and interrupting them can be very jarring to their experience. Uh, and usually what we do is we go around and we all state our intentions out loud to the room. And it's, it's a really beautiful part of ceremony because, uh, you know, people come from all different walks of life, all different classes um, and, you know, uh, social structures. And it's really interesting that everyone really just shows up to be to work on themselves and be a better version of themselves and you know you meet these people and you know we start have certain judgments and or you know you know against them and then we sit down and you just realize oh we're all here for the same thing and we're really all the same at the end of the day and someone or more than one people um person can have the same intention that you do and so it's really beautiful uh to be able to be connected to someone else in ceremony in that way um and 
different curanderos do it different ways. Sometimes we all drink at the same time or um, we go around in a circle and drink and uh, then the, the lights go out and there's a, a period of silence where, you know, the medicine kind of starts to take effect and then the, the chanting starts. And it's really interesting because as soon usually as the chanting starts is when you really start to feel it, it come on. And that's just a, a testament to how the songs and the chants carry you through your experience. And that is so powerful because and the shamans are masters. And that's why it's important to work with a reputable shaman because they are such a master at, um, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, what are they called again? Akaro? Icaros, Icaros. I should know this. I'm Latin. Icaros, <laughs> Icaros, you know, they're singing, but, you know, that's the beauty about like music. You can close your eyes and it could be sung in a different language and it all has such a different vibrational energy and frequency that you can feel. A good shaman, like after the medicine's been sitting within you, like you're there, like you said, we're all sitting, our eyes are closed, some of us have our eyes open. And once he starts singing, it's kind of like, it's almost like a ripple effect. One person will purge, like throw up, you know? And then it's like, he starts singing and it's kind of, you get in sync and then it's like, bam, there goes the next person, there goes the next person, there goes the next mm -hmm. person. And everyone's having their different experience. Some people are purging, like give, um, throwing up. And um, my husband, he, he said he had the taste of blood when he threw up, you know, when he purged. Um, mine had like, um, I don't even know what the heck it was, but it was a different type of taste. And um, it was it was horrific. It's like I felt like my stomach like it was just being twisted. And I was like, it was like the most horrific experience. And then it just it just came out. Um, so that's what the Icaros do with a good shaman who can stimulate. And when it gets a little bit too wild and like people are really just, you know, working through stuff and it gets a little bit too much. It's like they know which songs to sing mm -hmm. to kind of bring the, the um, frequency or energy of the medicine down. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. it really is. And some of my favorite ceremonies too are uh, curanderos that call you up for an individual chant. I love that when they call you up one by one and you get your one-on-one -on -one chant with the with the curandero that's really special and something i wanted to mention too about the purging is a lot of people have an aversion to the idea of sitting in ceremony because they're like oh you're vomiting first of all we are on a very clean diet before and we fast before so when you purge it's not like you're in a room and it just reeks of vomit you don't smell anything mm -hmm. and um and that's just part of the courage too is be vulnerable enough to get sick you know in front of somebody and it's i mean and at the end of it, it, you know, you feel like you've gone through battle with these people. I mean, look at us. Like, you just at the end of the the ceremony week or weekend, you're just like, oh, my gosh, you just you really love these people. You can't believe you met them a couple of days ago or a week ago. And you were just like, you know, just you went through battle together. And it's like a connection that, you know, you've made uh, that you just is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's kind of like we call it holding space for one another. It's kind of like you know, okay, sister, you can cry my shoulders. I mean, I, I mean, I remember a time even when we were in between ceremonies and we were just all kind of hanging out and you came and you kind of just 
came and just sat next to me and put your head on my lap. And here I'm just <laughs> like, you know, like mm -hmm. my daughter, you know, and mm -hmm. just you can feel people's energy and love and emotion. So that was really beautiful of that, because, you know, during this time, visions and hallucinations are different. You know, you hallucinate when you're on a drug. You have visions when you're working with ayahuasca. That's totally different. You know, true visions are not the same as hallucinations. There's usually more of uh, some sort of metaphoric meaning to it. You know, mm -hmm. um, so that's the difference. And because a lot of people freak out and think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to take, you know, they want to take the DMT. To, and they're like, well, I'm having these hallucinations. When you're mm -hmm. working in this type of space, it's more of us having um, visions. And mm -hmm. what was one that really stand, stood out from a lot of this from, you know, you've done multiple ceremonies. One, what was one that really stood out to you? Oh, my gosh, there's uh, a couple. Uh, I can speak on one that we had uh, on our first uh, trip to Spirit Quest. There was a male being and a female being. The male was blue and the woman was purple and they're standing in front of like this ornate elevator almost looked like a cinderella's uh carriage you know like, like all this filigree and it was like an elevator because there was lights going bing 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 at the top and they were saying get in get in we're going to depart for the stars and i was like nope i was too scared <laughs> and i tell that story to some of my friends and they're so upset that I didn't have the guts to get in, but I was just reading in my journal, preparing for this podcast of why I didn't. And it was, I put down that I have a, more work to do before I can step into the elevator. So yeah, and thank you, Linda, uh, for this opportunity, because it was nice to go back in my journal and read where I was at in life, you know, like fraught with anxiety and didn't have good relationships. And it's sweet that you brought up how I cuddled into you because, um, you know, I hadn't, I didn't have any real strong female relationships. So it's been so wonderful through this, these experiences in this community to um, become connected and, and have really good friendships, which is something I didn't have five, six years ago. So just, that's been life changing. Uh, another vision was um i was a wolf and i was like walking through the forest like on the top of this mountain and it was a full moon and i had these like magnetic silver rays of, of moonlight shining down on me and purple and i just was like in the body and i of the mother wolf and i could just feel like the majestic likeness of what it felt like to be a wolf walking with your pack family like mm -hmm. out in nature that was a really interesting one yeah and you know another thing to know is these visions that we have that might not make sense to us and that's all part of integration that's why journaling these experiences is so important because they might you might not understand what they mean till years later you know i, I love going back and reading in my journal and like oh that's what that meant you know yeah and um and just to trust you know some people do come out of you know a uh, uh, retreat more confused than when they came in and that's okay you know the integration is, is super key and important and just to be uh you know gracious and gentle with yourself and and just trust that um like Tete tells us like just trust that it's like chess there's pieces it, that are being moved around in the background in your favor that you're not even aware of but yes. there it's happening yes you know one of the things that really why I was so afraid of working with the medicine. 
the purge can be in different ways. It's not always yes. throwing up, you know, it's mm -hmm. not always that way. Some people, it comes out the other end, you know, mm -hmm. you have like no control of that. But I mean, we never experienced that. You know, I haven't experienced that with the people that I've sat with because um, we, you are such, you are influenced under the medicine that you cannot, you cannot walk yourself to the bathroom. So we had, um, uh, we had helpers. What did we call them? Uh, we used to call them the guardians. <laughs> oh yeah, guardians. Uh, because they would tell us like, okay, if you have to go to the bathroom, raise your hand, or no, well, not even raise your hand, just yell out "baño." And mm -hmm. one of the, um, you know, the people that were there to help, they would, they it usually would be two, and the females, it would be a female and a male, or two females, it would take you to your room so you can go to the bathroom so you wouldn't crap on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that was what freaked me out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to shit on myself, you know? Yeah, I, I forgot. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a huge fear that people have. And yeah. I maybe seen that happen once or twice in my 48 ceremonies like I've sat through and if you feel like it might happen with the concern you have just put an extra change of clothes next to me or over by the bathroom or you know <laughs> have that have that ready but yeah and if it happens it happens you know yeah, yeah. and let and let it go so oh also other ways you can purge shaking yawning crying is a purge yes yeah laughing mm -hmm. yeah there's dancing Sorry, some people <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah sometimes when i when i start to because i've learned how to navigate these spaces you know a little bit better so instead of like laying down and trying to fight it i sit up or like i'll lean forward and put like on all fours and i'll just start like moving my body to the music and just like yeah moving through through the the upset stomach rather than just like oh i want this to stop and go away yeah. and uh I remember you know, my my first couple of ceremonies. I didn't purge the first ceremony, and the second ceremony, when I felt the purge coming, um, I was so scared to purge because I I got the hit that I would move into a new space and I would go to the next level of whatever was happening, you know. And I was so scared, but once I just surrendered and I purged, oh my gosh, that energy! It was like a weight of bricks just was lifted. So, you know, and and people get scared when they hear other people purge it can sound very violent and, and scary but now that I know what that is I get so happy when I hear people purge I'm like yeah get it out because you know once they're done oh my gosh it's like you've shed a whole skin and you're just like this new person it feels so much better you feel so much lighter yeah one generally, of the beautiful things about and I'd like to hear I'm not sure you've worked with an all-female shamans I want it that's mm -hmm. That would be my next thing. That's why I don't feel like I'm being called to return to Spirit Quest because I really just want to work with an all-female shaman group. And I know, I believe there's the Temple Way of Light in Peru. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Is that the one you went to? That no, I didn't go to that one. Okay. I haven't. Because there is one place, and I'll have to look it up, and I've heard a lot of people have great experiences. All the shamans are women. All the helpers are women. And... I feel like that would be my kind of place because as women, we are so loving and we need that nurturing. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I feel like that would be my next thing. One of the things um, with also like when you go through ceremonies, it's always best 
to do like a minimum of four. Most of these places will have like a minimum of four ceremonies um, done throughout a seven day process. And after the ceremony, like usually like the, the day after, because we usually start like at eight o'clock at night. And then we're usually, some people are done by midnight. Some people are done by one o'clock. Some people go to bed and the medicine is still working on them mm -hmm. the next morning. And everybody is so different and you're, you're a different person. I mean, you feel mm -hmm. like you have been stripped of your ego and it's mm -hmm. like, honey, if you came here with an ego, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So much ego work. Yeah. I remember when I showed up to spirit quest, you know, and working in the Vegas environment, I was very all about my looks and I just had a very strong sexual presence. And I remember, I can't remember the, the name of the woman that had the short red hair. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, she, she had made a comment about it. And after the first couple of ceremonies, I had shed a lot of that and just was able to, it, I was trying so hard all the time to get that kind of attention and just realizing how unbecoming that really was. And once I was able to really let that go and lead more naturally with my heart, then that was like I really started to embrace like true beauty and and sexiness and that divine feminine is how I should phrase that but that divine feminine energy in a graceful and beautiful way and how much more attractive and becoming that is and and when you I was able to kind of energetically put myself in that space I was able to start attracting um a different different kinds of energy and people to me that was much more in alignment for my highest yeah and and the beauty of these ceremonies too is like you said during this time everything is controlled what we eat so our diet is pristine everybody loses weight i mean it's not there we don't go there for weight loss, but everybody mm -hmm. loses weight anywhere from three mm -hmm. to five pounds uh, my husband lost like seven or eight pounds you know and but he's and he still ate a lot but our diets were super clean and usually like the day after the ceremony i mean we all wake up at different times and then we go to the you know we go out to the outdoor patio where they would serve us our breakfast and you know we would order what we wanted um it was usually always eggs and and some a little bit of fruit um and everybody would wake up at a different time and some people would wake up and it looked like they got run over by a truck because they would be swollen <laughs> they'd be red Others wake up and just wake up with a smile on their face. I remember waking up and one of my experiences took me back to when I was in high school with my husband and the depth of it was like I was reliving like uh, like our senior year. It was really interesting. But what Ew. was known to me during that time was the depth of the love that he had for me. And it, it just it made me cry because it was just like this dude really loves me. <laughs> wow. But um, it was freaking amazing. And, but then there was another one where um, it was the, about the death of my mother and my father. And I cried on that one. It's just like, no, cause I'm so grateful. Like I still have my parents now mm -hmm. and I have amazing parents. You know, I can't even imagine my life without my mom. I, I just, mm -hmm. I can't even go there. Um, but in the ceremony, I saw that and, and I cried because it was for me so real. And I just bawled and I bawled and I cried. I mean, the next morning, my face was so swollen from, from
from crying so much, but there was mm -hmm. also another message that was given to me during that time um, when I had that, that about my mom. And the message for me was like, you need a woman up and step up and be the woman you're supposed to be because mm. being the only, the only daughter, yeah, and I'm getting a little personal here, but <laughs> um, and having five brothers, you know, it's kind of like, oh, she's the princess in the family. She gets a lot of what she wants. I've always kind of had a little bit more favor in that respect. Like everyone always watched out for me, my brothers. I'm, mm. I was like special the special gem because I'm the only girl, right? Um, so I wasn't always playing full out in my life. And that was one of the messages that was shown, like, you know, you need to step into your own shoes and be the person mm -hmm. you're supposed to be. So yeah. it was really, um, I cried a lot, you know, and, and, and it showed me other things that I didn't like, you know? So it's a really... Um, you know, it, it's something that when you go and you work with the medicine, you know, just receive. Well, as John mm -hmm. Howard would say, you know, the one, just the fact that you're there tells you you're courageous. You just have to have a little bit of courage oh. just and just go. People are going to hold space and you are going to feel so much love and the depth of love, not only from the shamans, but the community that's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that just fills you up. And if you can just feel that and just really mm -hmm. resonate with that, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why when we mm -hmm. have our conversations or I have my conversations with some of my other soul sisters that have gone there, it just takes me back to like, man, this is what love is. This is the frequency yes. of love, yes. not a yes. sexual love. It's just such a mm -hmm. deep love that it's like, I want to always feel that way and I mm -hmm. always want to give that way. So that's mm -hmm. just like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just yeah, like to come, to come and be connected to everyone and just feel so loved and held and so safe. It just really like re it re enlivens you. And if you ever had any doubt of, you know, and it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed by the darkness and the sadness in the world. But when we are able to go in these places and spaces, we, we remember what yeah. that love feels like and that we either never had or that we forgot. So to get back in touch with that is great. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was, oh, I forgot. Sorry. Well, you <laughs> what were we talking about right before then? We were talking about. And I was just uh, sharing about the, the message that, you know, one of the messages oh, yes. I got because, you know, the day after we do our ceremonies. Oh, one more thing like we should probably mention before we close up here. I think one of the best things about the ceremony my experience will speak to other people and your yeah. experience is just not for you. It's for other people during our talking circle the day after or two mm -hmm. days after our ceremony. Those are almost just, it's, we call it the second ceremony. It's just, it can be just as healing as the actual ceremony itself. Yeah. And then you're able to resonate with someone else's experience and they can come up to you after and you can talk it out, out and help each other through it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember what I was going to mention was um, in ceremony. Sometimes like I you're talking about your mother and your family. Ayahuasca will show you things that aren't necessarily true to motivate you to do something. She told me that my dad was going to die and that I, I was like, oh, my gosh, like there's some conversations I need to have with him before he dies. And 
And it wasn't that he was going to die. It was just she wanted to get me to understand the importance and urge me to have conversations with my father. That's and, interesting that you say that because that did happen. She's a trickster. What's that? She's still tricky. She's a trickster. <laughs> well, but, but it sometimes comes out in a different way than, than you think it is, too, because I remember this couple that was there, this young couple, and I think it was for our first ceremony that they were there the first time, our first trip to Peru. And she was just in tears because she said, you know, well, I, I worked with the medicine and it showed me that this. And one of the things was that this person wasn't going to be having a family and that just tore her apart. Well, fast forward a few years later, I mean, she is a mama now, you know, she's got, mm -hmm. a, she's got a little girl. So, um, you know, sometimes we don't always understand everything. And I think the hardest part when we are there, we're leaving such a beautiful, sacred space. The hardest part, we can mention this before we finish up here. I think the hardest part is the integration, because when you experience something like this, you come mm -hmm. back to this world and the vibrational mm -hmm. frequency in this world is so like, not all love the way we have been surrounded by it and, and our intellect and our, our mind and our and our spirit um, our heart just haven't gone through that um, integration and connection so it could be hard coming back to, to the world that we see today because it's like man this is a really effed up place there's so much there's so much hate there's so much crime there's so much jealousy there's so much of all this negative crap, you know, so it's almost because we've experienced such a beautiful contrast of what love, um, mm -hmm. compassion, really mm -hmm. wanting to help other people, and then to come to a world where it's like, buy this, so you can feel this, you know, wear this, mm -hmm. you can be this, drink this wine. So, you know, it's all about mm -hmm. selling you on something that is supposed to make you happy that's outside, but everything mm -hmm. really inside so I think the integration has been the hardest part for a lot of people and I'd like for you to tell you know what you would tell people with integrating back into it you know after 40 ceremonies especially and for me I mean after all these ceremonies even now for me I think the most important part of integration was one journaling but two really mm -hmm. continue to do the work of just be me, me being a better version of me and knowing mm -hmm. that I get to create whatever reality I want. And just because somebody else doesn't agree with me, that's okay. You know, this mm -hmm. is my world. This is my book. This is my story. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell it as big as I want it. And I'm not going to let other people's opinions of me really impact who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well said. And yeah, so my suggestion would be, my advice is just, you know, if you make a certain connection with someone that, you know, in ceremony to stay in contact with that person, I mean, look at you and I, five, six years later, we're still integrating together. Yes. Um, and, and there's also people out there that specialize in integration coaching. So they're definitely out there where you can stay in contact and they can help you make sense of your you know, experiences and, Definitely. you know, guide you gently through your following weeks and months and years, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think the work never stops, you know, working on self never stops. I think it's, it's just, mm -hmm. it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process, you know, and that's the beauty of Once it. Once you know, you can't unknow. 
Sorry to interrupt you. Okay. And once you know what, what were you saying? Once you know, you can't unknow. <laughs> exactly. Once you've kind of like Dr. Joe Dispenza talks, once you've crossed that river of change, it's just like, do you really want to go back to that? I kind of like to live in the world of certainty of uncertainty at times, where is um, the certainty of certainty is like, well, if I continue in this relationship that's bad for me, I'm certain that it's going to continue to be bad versus mm -hmm. if I go into the uncertainty of possibly leaving a relationship because it's not good for me, but there's an uncertainty out there that I'm probably going to get something better, but I'm kind of scared because I don't know how I'm, I'm going to get it, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it's the contrast and and this and it'll just unfold. So really in closing, you know, I would tell people that you'll know when the calling comes, you'll get your work with the right shaman. Um, mm -hmm. I really believe that a minimal of four to five sessions really is what a person needs to to do to really max get the maximal benefit of that. And um, in just making sure that you're you're in a, uh, a safe place to work with it. What about you? What are, you, what are your thoughts, your closing thoughts on that? Yeah. Bravery and courage are always rewarded. Yeah, definitely. So. Mm -hmm. All right, my thank dear. You. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you. I, so much fun. Yeah, I hope that Samantha gets to go. Um, uh, we've gone just, uh, I love Spirit Quest. Um, well, we'll probably, I'll put a few other ones here. Um, there's Rhythmia, a lot of people. Rhythmia is more, that one's in Costa Rica. I know Jack Canfield, the chicken soup for the soul. He, he goes there quite a bit. That's more of like a resorty retreat type of thing where you um, you really get a lot of other, a lot of extra pleasure from going there. Um, whereas where we went, it was like, you're there to work with the medicine. I mean, we had, we, we had clean rooms and everything. But Rhythmia is more like, oh, you get to do massage, you get to do yoga, you get, you know, all you know, so um, and then the Temple of the Way of the Light, I believe, is another one. So we'll put a couple uh, we'll put a few more on there. And that way, people who are interested, you know, they'll know where where they're supposed to go. So and also, Linda, if you wanted to, if you wanted to add in my contact info or email for anyone that wanted to reach out to me absolutely. and had any further questions, I would love to uh, be there for them. Yes, absolutely. We'll on here too. So, all righty. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Always thank such you, a Linda. pleasure to just, you know, <laughs> just for us to just chat and um, just connect. We we always have such yeah. a fun time, and we just really have to do it again. Yes, but we always talk about the possibilities, and um, that's what life's about, man, being limitless, and help you to get in that, you know, unlimited space. So, all righty. We'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Appreciate you. Bye. See ya. Bye.